This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. This is the American Toffee Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by Alex Johnson and James Boyman. What is up, everybody? This is Alex, joined by James, as always. Hello. We are coming to you live from London after a defeat at Stamford Bridge, nil to four. James, how are you feeling after making that trek and going to our first away match? Four nil. Not much else to say about it, other than that was probably our worst performance of the season. Absolutely found out by a Chelsea side that was... Basically, not their B team, but lacking, missing probably six or seven of their first choice starters. And they looked like they were uh, miles and miles and miles ahead of what we had to offer on the day. Really poor all around performance. And yeah, just a resounding defeat. And frankly, it was well deserved. And I mean, to fair play to Chelsea, well deserved on their part. They really took it to us the entire match and didn't relent. And after about probably what? 10 minutes we looked like we look this side looked like they wanted to be just about anywhere else on earth yeah i mean uh, we were talking about it and i thought that this chelsea side if there was any side to beat it would be this side especially since our longest um our longest winningless streak away is at Stamford bridge and yet the toffees made me eat my words i mean i, I didn't necessarily like the the lineup to begin with, right? Because we had Gilfie Sigurdsson in again. Now I was hoping Delph would start in the center for a little bit of defensive stability, but he didn't even make the bench. So that tells me that he's, I guess, injured or he's got some sort of knock. Bernard started, which could have been exciting, but then we saw that he also, he shifted to the right so that Sigurdsson can play on the left. And I don't think that anywhere, I I don't think anyone in midfield worked, to be honest. No, it was it was just where where do you even start? I mean, you start from the back. Jordan Pickford, frankly, without Jordan Pickford in net today, it could have been seven nil. It was that bad. And then you go to the the center halves. So you look at Michael Keane and Mason Holgate. Mason Holgate, both Michael Keane and Mason Holgate had the ball. I mean, we had forty percent possession to Chelsea sixty, and probably Michael Keane and Mason Holgate had. 70% of our possession as a side they were on the ball far far too much unable to get anything going forward and you know we we looked like we wanted to pack the middle I guess and Chelsea wanted to prevent us from they looked very content to let us sit with our center halves on the ball and really gave us very few outlets going forward and no one really you know it's it's easy to say effort was the the difference today but it's so true when you're looking at Mason Holgate carrying the ball forward and he has no options and even when he finds someone like Tom Davies in the middle he turns and he's completely isolated it's like there's no one within 10 yards of him 20 30 yards of him and no one's moving and it makes it very easy for the Chelsea midfield to kind of freeze us out of the game and just just absolutely awful yeah I mean and then you look at Sidibe on the right yeah, he was awful against Manchester United, but he was even more awful against Chelsea. I mean, it felt like he couldn't complete any simple pass, right? I mean, he was always out of position. 
Uh, I mean, as you said, right, essentially anyone got the ball. Nobody was moving for him. Nobody was opening up. You saw Gilfie Sigurdsson standing in the middle of four Chelsea players just pointing to someone across the pitch saying, pass it to that guy. And so that was also extremely frustrating. It, it, it just felt like it just, well, it was, I've said this many times, it was very expensive torture to say the least, Oof. right? But you just look at the midfield and you kind of feel like a midfield two was not the answer today. We needed three in midfield. Yeah, and look at the the side that Chelsea roll out. Billy Gilmore, who, 19 years old, looks like he's maybe 85 pounds soaking wet. I mean, he is diminutive. He's very small. He's like maybe a couple inches taller than Bernard. But he plays with authority and in intensity and confidence. And that's what really, I think, set us apart or set Chelsea apart from us today was the level of confidence that they displayed on the ball, the ability of their players to move and the understanding they had to be able to find little pockets of space, the one-two exchanges that they seem to be able to get, moving the ball left to right, right to left, and exposing our lack of mobility and the lack of intensity on the defensive side of the ball. They had all day on the ball, very little in the way of pressing. Like, I mean, not to go back to Marco Silva, but at least under him we pressed a lot. It didn't seem like that was really on the cards tactically for Ancelotti today. It seemed like we wanted to sort of let them come at us and keep a low block, but they just played through us with ease for the entire 90 minutes, basically. That was the most frustrating part. It's the fact that we set up in a 4-4-2, and you watch Sigurdsson and Bernard pinch pretty far in, right? And so we essentially wanted to stay very compact, and yet their first two goals were literally just, what, balls through the middle? Like, just cut yeah. right through us immediately. And, and the other thing, the super interesting thing about Stamford Bridge was the fact that the home crowd, you know, the atmosphere was non-existent. Like the home crowd, and I'm I'm not kidding. The home crowd was not singing until they were up four nil. Like the the match was far over before the crowd was even into it. I mean the the away fans, the Everton fans. I mean we were singing from you know from the beginning before the match even started, and it felt like we were you know creating a good atmosphere for them to come in. And for some reason, they just legitimately look like they have zero confidence. But furthermore, again, I I don't think the system worked. Yeah, and I think, the, the again, to Chelsea's credit, the players that they had on the front line, William, uh, Giroud was an absolute monster today. Michael Keane did a good job of marking him probably for the first 20 to 30 minutes, but Giroud sort of grew into the game and was able to really assert himself as a target man. William on the wing gave us problems all day long. Mason Mount in midfield for them also was excellent. And I don't really want to give too many compliments to the Chelsea side because I do think that we were as poor as Chelsea were good. But to act like, you know, this isn't entirely on us as a side. Chelsea played a really, really aggressive game. And you look at the way that their their front line was looking to constantly, they would maybe, like, for example, we would make a back pass and we would just stand still. We'd have Sigurdsson make a back pass and then, like you said, stand and point at someone. Whereas their midfielders and their front line are making a backwards pass and immediately making a run either to the wing or downfield and looking for the ball to be played long to, to them and create something. And that was something that was completely absent from the from our our performance today, from seemingly our tactical plan, because, you know, the 4-4-2 worked so well when Duncan Ferguson came in, and it's so easy to forget that we beat Chelsea 3-1 at Goodison Park in the reverse fixture. It worked so well because we played extremely direct and played long balls over the top. And today it was like we refused to do that at all until it was way, way too late. We Charleston was at times looking to make long runs down the line and we just were content to sort of play 
around the back, really slow, lethargic, and it just was ugh. And like you said, the the way fans were really up for it from the get go, and then as soon as it was one nil, that really kind of took the wind out of our sails. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, it makes sense the way that they kind of set up, right? They realized that we were going to play very compact centrally, and so they essentially started to overload the wings, which right. pulled our central midfield out of position. And then they just found a ton of space from late runs in because there was nobody centrally. And there are a lot of graphics floating all over Twitter, um, you know, with Tom Davies and Gomez being pulled so far out. There's only so much you can do. I mean, you essentially, again, you need the third man in midfield because you still you have two strikers. Otherwise, one of them would have been tracking back centrally and maybe they could have followed. They, they could have covered the wing uh, a little better. And then you would have had Tom or, or Gomez um, still centrally to cover the later runs towards the center of the box. And so it just felt like we weren't learning from our mistakes during the match. I mean, Ancelotti said it best after the match. This was the first match that they didn't even compete. Right. And, you know, we, we like to think that we can compete and push for Europe next season. Although a couple of weeks ago, we thought we could do it this season. Maybe, maybe we're just uh, a little bit naive. But if we play like that, I mean, we just forget it, right? Like there's just no point right. in being there. But again, it just... So watching it in person is that much worse because you can literally see in their body language a whole lot better than you can on TV just the fact that they had, A, no confidence, and B, they just didn't look like they wanted to be there. No, it looks like they, they had didn't have the energy. They weren't even, you know, again, it goes back to the very, very basics that were missing at the end of Marco Silva's reign, and Duncan Ferguson came in, and I believe it was, it was the, because Chelsea was, at Goodison was Ferguson's first match in charge. And the energy levels were through the roof. We made a ridiculous amount of tackles. We were all over them, and that was just completely absent today. And you said it exactly right, Alex. I mean, that's a team. If that's what we're going to put out on a week-to-week basis, if that's a consistent, because we're that consistently poor, then we don't deserve to be anywhere near Europe, and we deserve to be, you know, mid-table at the very best. And I think that's what what really. Um, we may end up having to take for this season, unfortunately. And, um, you know, there's a lot of more interesting stuff we could talk about. You mentioned Sidibe earlier. He was god-awful today. And, like, even the things that he normally does well, get forward and put crosses in, he didn't do that. And and I've, on this show I've talked about, I think he's a decent tackler, but he went in for, like, three or four tackles today you know, full leg extension, the whole nine, and whiffed horribly and just completely out of position. There was one point where he went in for a lunging tackle, got beat, and then just laid on the ground and watched Chelsea break in the opposite direction. And for me, that's completely unacceptable. That's not a player that we really should be considering bringing in on a permanent basis in the summer. No, not even close. And that that's good. You know, that's a discussion for another day. But right, right back is going to be a huge a huge issue for us, I think, next season also. But uh, the, the the confusing thing, well, one of many confusing things is the fact that the players just looked so disjointed, and yet we've been playing the same formation with essentially the same tactics for a couple months now, right? Like, nothing has changed. We saw the exact same thing against United last week. It was the exact same thing. The only difference was essentially Sidibe, Lucas Dean, right? And then uh, and then Bernard was in for Theo only up until halftime. But again, nobody was even showing, nobody was showing for the ball 15 minutes into the match. And you just feel like, how, how are we going to, how are we going to create anything, let alone push the ball past the halfway line if nobody's showing for the ball? 
And then it got worse because as the match wore on, you just saw all the players just barking at each other nonstop. Uh, you know, at some point, it's it's Pickford yelling at the center backs. Next point, it's, you know, Pickford yelling at uh, Sidibe. Next thing you know, I saw Lucas Dean yelling at Moise Keane later in the match. Yeah, you know, and you're, and you're just like, you're obviously everyone is frustrated, but it, it just didn't look good, nor did it feel good to watch. No, it was, it was really tough. You know, if we hadn't flown all the way here, there were fans that were leaving the away end at 2-0, and God bless them, because if we hadn't flown across the pond to come to this match, I probably would have done the exact same thing. And I guess, you know, we did get the true, authentic Everton experience getting firmly let down by the team after traveling all the way to London from Liverpool on top of everything. We were so excited for our first away. Definitely a bit of naivety on our part, but again, it's just you want the very, very basics, and when you're not getting the bare minimum effort to close down your man, and not to mention the fact that it, it, it's one, it's one of those matches, and this happens, you know, some it just happens sometimes. But even when we would win a tackle, right? Like we we connect with the ball, it would just go right back to Chelsea. It's like we even when we win the tackle, we lose the tackle. And I guess partially sometimes that's just luck of the draw and it's the way things go, but it just the way it went against us so consistently all match drove me absolutely bonkers. And again, one one shot on target maybe if you even could count it for the entire match. After, you know, again, the stats under Ancelotti's thus far have been very, very good for the most part. We've been in the top 10, top 5 even in a lot of statistical categories, but and he said it, like you said, he said it best after the match. That was the one, the first match that we have not even been remotely competitive. We were miles off off the pace today. And a deserved, frankly, a deserved 4-0 loss. Like I said, if it weren't for some really nice saves from Jordan Pickford, it could have been 6 or 7. Yeah, I mean, you you could, you could you know, to your earlier point, you could definitely tell that they were told kind of sit back a little bit and absorb right. pressure. But the difference was, or, or the, the, fa- the, the point of failure was the fact that there was never a switch that turned on at any point out of possession that said, okay, I need to step now. Right. There, w- there was no step, hence why, obviously, they scored four goals, right? They, they just nobody stepped to the ball at any point, and at some point you have to decide, okay, we've absorbed enough pressure. They've been just essentially switching the ball from left to center to right, back to center, you know? And, and, and at some point you have to kind of you have to commit but the thing was it was just half it was kind of a half-assed commitment the entire match from essentially everyone in a tackle and as well as just overall work rate it felt like yeah and then you look at a player like Bernard who comes into the side you you anticipate him maybe bringing something a little bit different than the Theo Walcott's of the world and unfortunately of course he came off injured at halftime but it didn't hide the fact that he was basically just dreadful for the entire entire first 45 minutes. Again, like you know he's not going to win anything in the air because he's 5 for 5. But you would expect him to maybe bring something to the match with the ball at his feet and create and he wasn't even able to really do anything of the sort. Didn't look very quick on the wing. Again, it was just very very lethargic. He looked scared at times to take a man on. And again, like our players didn't have any real options with the ball. It seemed like they were very, very isolated. And maybe that comes down to Chelsea being able to cut off passing lanes and cut out any kind of rhythm that we might have generated. But oof, it was tough to watch in so many respects. It's hard to, I mean, we touched on a lot of it, but my God, Alex, I mean, 
It's well, just, it's so, and we came all the way here and we were, I had a dream last night that we won two nail and <laughs> I thought that that was going to set the tone and we'd go in and, and again, everything's, the stage seemed to be set again, 1994, the last time we beat Chelsea in the league, Neville Southall in that team. And we met him the other day. Hard to believe that he was once a Premier League keeper with how he looks now. No, no disrespect intended. Yeah, I mean, to, to Bernard's credit, he he was playing with Sidibe, who was literally god-awful. Yep. That was the True. first time I've ever seen him play on the right for Everton. Not that that's a great excuse, but I you you, you really I've never seen him play on the right-hand side for Everton. You know, the other thing that I, I, I kind of noticed was the fact that, you know, we obviously consistently were trying to play the ball into Dom's feet. And yet every time Dom got the ball, we didn't see any Dom Richarlison connection that we usually do. And I think that posed a lot of problems too, because, you know, right when you, right when Dominic Calvert-Lewin gets the ball and then he has to pass it back to central midfield, you've essentially killed momentum that, that you had going forward. Right. And so I think that was a big problem. We just weren't able to get Richarlison involved either. No, neither striker was involved the entire match. And again, like, because they were so effective in freezing out our midfield, it really isolated our strikers as well. And we weren't willing to look long frequently enough. Even, like, again, we'd get the ball to midfield, Gomez, maybe get, like, a 1-2 between Gomez and Davis, maybe get the ball going forward. And then it would just be back to go back to Pickford and try the same thing again rather than Pickford sending it long. There's, again, Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison have been the only ones to consistently score for us all season. So for us to then basically not even look for them for large stretches of the game is extremely confusing. I think it might come down to the fact that teams have just sort of started to figure out Ancelotti's general game plan within the 4-4-2. I think Ancelotti's starting to realize if he hasn't already how much work this squad really needs. When you're, when you're again, you, you shoehorn Bernard out onto the right where maybe he's not most effective just because maybe Theo Walcott, you, you don't feel that he's offered enough, which he, he hasn't. And so we, we're missing a right winger. We're missing a couple central midfielders, probably. I don't know what our best... You would have thought that the 4-4-2 is our best formation, but after today, I'm asking those questions again. Is that really the most effective formation that we can put out? Is Richarlis... I still think that the two strikers would be is, is our best bet. But, I mean, Moise Keane came on, and he didn't look great either, albeit the game was completely gone at that point. There's a lot of questions that need to be asked, and I'm sure Carlo and Marcel Brands will be, those conversations will be well underway in the back room. But as far as today goes, I don't think there's a really a single player who can, you know, hang, that should be proud of what they put out because, you know, Mason Holgate, maybe I thought he was okay. And maybe that's just, you know, recency bias because he's been so good for us lately. But beyond that, really, really, really tough to f pick a single player who, who was even halfway decent. Yeah, I think my key takeaway from the matches is the fact that we're going to need a little bit more tactical flexibility in, in how we set up. Um, you know, we saw it under Marcus Silva a couple times in which he would set up in a in a back three or back five, out, you know, out of possession, however you'd like to call it, against some of the quote-unquote uh, big sides. And, and I'm not suggesting that could be the answer, but I think that we need a little bit more tactical, tactical flexibility because, again, we've set up this way literally every single week for a couple of months now you know i don't even think it wasn't pretty against manchester united either it just worked because they had to play very centrally as well 
And but so I, even even the Manchester United game, I mean, we drew one all because of a really poor decision by David de Gea. So it wasn't like we were creating chances left and right. But I, I still see the point that you're trying to make. We do need that flexibility. And the other thing is, you know, the thing since Carlos come in has been his substitutions have been really effective, right? And today we didn't even really let him have the opportunity to to make tactical substitutions during the match because by the time you had to sub Bernard off for injury at halftime and then it's you know 10 minutes into the second half it's 3-0 and the game's gone. Yeah, it w- it was essentially gone. So we now have Liverpool the derby next weekend and then we've got an international break. So look out for our preview episode midweek when we're back in the states. Yeah. And if you haven't already go back and listen to our last episode, you can probably skip the Chelsea preview part. But do listen to like our trip recap and our interview with Graham because uh, it's a little bit more upbeat and not quite as depressing. But yeah, this is uh, Alex is leaving London in the morning. He'll be headed back across the pond, looking forward to sleeping in his own bed, I'm sure. Yeah, very much so. My back hurts. Like, my back <laughs> hurts. Um, but otherwise, until next time, up the talkies. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Come join our Discord community at invite.gg/atp and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at USA Toffee Pod.